0: The Denver Broncos mandatory mini camp practice day two today and welcome into the DNBR Broncos podcast where we are going to break all of that down plus Vance Joseph he's back and we talked mm-hmm. to him for the first time today we're gonna break all of that down but first welcome in to the DNBR Broncos podcast Henry Chisholm and Zach Stevens here Henry how would you classify the fight today that happened at Dove Valley
1: uh I mean it was it was a practice fight. You yeah, don't yeah. I guess we did see the superheated one last year against the Cowboys. That was a different level.
0: That was two different teams really True. going at
1: it. Yeah. But I mean, this is as big as you see yeah. with the same team, yeah, at least yeah. that I can think of. Yeah.
0: Outside of helmets Ooh. being thrown around and Cortland like and Emmanuel. Cortland and Emmanuel is a good one. That was a big <laughs> one. That was a big one.
1: So it's not top tier. Like, uh, I don't know, if if I were grading it, it was like a it was like a B minus fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people okay. may say it was chippy. I think that's the word. Sean. Yeah, it, it was very chippy. A, a skirmish, a little brawl. Whatever word you want to use is what happened on the football field today. And honestly, Henry, no surprise. Typically, you don't see these things happen until training camp. Mm-hmm. But this isn't Nathaniel Hackett's country club mini camp. It's not his training camp where, you know, it's, Pretty much half speed, and then you get a full day off every third day. Nah, this is Sean Payton, where he wants competition. In fact, mm-hmm. do you know where practice happened today?
1: I do, at the football field. It
0: happened on Compete
1: Street. Oh, Compete, Compete Street, yes, street, Compete Street. Where
0: the Broncos practice, of course, there's now a street sign that is yeah. bolted into the ground that looks like an official street sign that says, Compete Street, right as you walk out on the field. I know Mm -hmm. some people that kind of cringes out. uh, But that's what Sean Payton wants. He wants people seeing that as they're walking out onto the field to say, we're ready to be out here to compete on the football field. And uh, today, they were were doing that and getting chippy with each other. So that's the culture Mm -hmm. that Sean Payton wants. So I'm not surprised that a fight broke out in minicamp.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it felt like things hadn't been too heated when we've been out there. Like I didn't feel like things like were boiling up until today, when there were like a couple things. You're like, ah, oh, maybe maybe this could happen, and then it did. Um, but that is that is definitely the goal. Is as Sean Payton said, you want to get to the line. You don't want to go over the line, and he just wants to keep pushing the line, pushing the line, pushing to the line. And sometimes you're just gonna go over. It. It's just what's gonna happen.
0: Well, Henry, do you want to keep talking? Because apparently my mic is muted. Ooh. And our wonderful producer just stepped out of the room. Oh, perfect, perfect. Perfect. (laughs)
1: Wow. I mean, if I'm going to keep going, I might as well just start hitting some of these notes. Um, How about a list of names?
0: Henry, Henry. See, now that's distracting.
1: That's like the Joker. He doesn't like the MVP chance. I'm just (laughs) like him. Um, So you want the MVP chance. No, no, I just like him. I don't want those either. Uh Riley Moss, great play. Uh Jaquan McMillan, star... Oh, okay, we're good to go. Okay. Should I still go through all these? Um,
0: no, we're not. We're, we're, okay. you're, you're trying to leave the fight scene right now. We're yeah, staying, we handled it. We're staying in Fight Club right Oh, you now want to share more details? I'm not getting in practice, trouble. What Sean Payton said about it was, yeah, I got a little chippy out there, mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, I like how the way the guys responded, but, um, you have to know, you, you want the guys to go up to the line mm-hmm. of getting chippy and really competing with also, um, not going over the line. And mm-hmm. he pointed and when when he was talking to the guys, cause of course, right after a fight happens, the coach stops practice, brings everyone together, mm-hmm. either, um, MF some or has a nice little speech for him. And I think today, Sean wasn't screaming at him. Uh, I think Sean just said, uh, you know, I like where this is coming Uh, I like where your heart's at. I like where your competition's at. But we can't go over the line. And in fact, we uh, can't do that because we saw just last year what happened in the Bengals playoff game. He pointed to the Bengals had, they went over Mm -hmm. the line, had a penalty that really cost them the game. And that's something that the Broncos obviously have to avoid. And Sean Payton, these past two days, has really preached uh, uh, penalties and said, we can't be having these penalties um that we've been having mm-hmm. and so the penalties are a huge point of emphasis and yesterday he made it very clear that we, we were awful last year in penalties that's going to change
1: yeah mike westoff talked about penalties a little bit too he says he don't want a single one we'll see how that goes for the special teams um but yeah there were some flags again today definitely too many flags it's i almost wonder if the refs haven't been out there recently they they definitely were the last two days. and I could swear I've seen them before, but I don't think I've been seeing flags fly before these last two days.
0: No, I think you're right. Yes. And Henry, you're going to have to talk for us because I think my mic is still oh, good. not working very much. And I have, I have a little challenge for you. Oh, wow. Here's the challenge. Sean oh, Payton boy. said you have to know how to walk up to the line mm. uh, without crossing it. I want you to give as many details about the fight Without crossing the
1: line I think we already that have. we can't cross. I think we've said every detail we can't. I think the one we didn't say is that it was, he said the offensive lineman, right? So. I think he said lineman, you know, oh, the linemen get a little There you go. Right so now. I crossed the line. There you go. I failed.
0: No, because you said offensive line. He said lineman. So offensive line is I half mean, of the, we half just of the said, lineman.
1: It wasn't the, well, I guess there was a thing that happened with another lineman before.
0: So you're saying it's front seven?
1: Well, you, I mean, it wasn't. Get pretty, it wasn't. You want to get specific here now. Well, I'm saying I'm not <laughs> sure I should have said offensive line because there weren't defensive linemen involved. Oh. You know? Oh. So I just I gave away which lineman it was. So. so front seven people involved. I mean, you said it, not me. You said it. He didn't say it. I'm not crossing the line. Um, yeah. I mean, what? There was there was a few guys on both sides. I feel like we've said everything there is to say about the fight. Okay.
0: Then I think o- open, I think we did it. Open your journal and tell us more oh, about
1: it. I mean, Vance Joseph, he was talking a lot today. We're not getting in advance yet. We're not getting in advance. Okay, <laughs> so many rules here. Um, cool. I mean, we can just hit some of the big plays, I guess. Uh, like I said, Riley Moss, big play. Jaquan uh, McMillan, another great play. Uh, talked with uh, Christian Parker, the DBs coach, about him after practice. Um, here's a spoiler alert: when we write about who were the stars of the offseason program. The answer is Jaquan McMillan was the star of the offseason program, and I don't even think there's a case for anybody else to be close. Um, there are some other guys you write about, but that that's gonna be a story that's coming up is all the things Christian Parker had to say about Jaquan. Uh, shame we couldn't talk to him. Um Delarian Turner Yell <laughs> Maybe first time he's ever made a play that's noteworthy. I think that sounds like bashing, Ooh, but I, that does sound like bashing. I, it's it's just kind of the truth. Is we all know he has an uphill battle to make the roster. I don't remember him making any plays in camp last year. I think he showed up in the notebook for. I, he probably shouldn't have. On like the first or second day of practice, when it's just like I'll write everything down. Um, but today, easily the best play that I've seen from him. Um, not a not a turnover though i'll say that and i won't say any more okay um, and really
0: quick let's just do a little uh mic check uh, for me call. right now on this so that i can take some pressure off of you of not getting in trouble by saying too much
1: uh jerry judy did a thing that almost no receiver in the league can do um but wasn't able to capitalize on that thing fill in the blanks for yourself yeah um, i mean
0: no, no, no i i'm lost right now th-
1: that was honestly kind of the goal I mean, wow. I mean, if you work backwards and say couldn't capitalize, I bet you can figure out what that means for a wide receiver. So he dropped a pass. Well, you but d- he said it on the podcast. But no, I, I didn't see. This uh, oh, OK. Apparently.
0: Um, so I'm I'm filling in for Ryan's shoes right now. He's not on today. Mm, that so is true. I can fill in. The, true. Uh, I don't know. But he did something that. Oh, here's my guess. He made an incredible break on a route, got wide open and dropped a pass. Just a guess
1: close it was close okay um, you don't have to confirm or deny alberto didn't do what he uh, did yesterday which was have a great day but he did he he had one low play it was like a, it was a was a little jordan humphrey play you said he had a low play so i was saying it was a little a, jordan which humphrey? is kind of crazy cuz there was a similar play that little jordan humphrey made that didn't quite uh, pick up what the alberto play picked up um but alberto had a good play um no tackling, so who knows what would have actually happened. Um, I, I'll say we talked a little bit about the pressure that the uh, outside linebackers in particular kind of put on today. We've seen that a couple times throughout camp. Again, offensive line's not really allowed to do anything, so is that worth much? Um, but it, it it isn't just the outside linebackers. I think we've seen the secondary provide some pressure throughout as well. Happened again today. Um Let's see those. Vance
0: Joseph, uh, he's supposed to have an aggressive defense, right?
1: Yeah, yes, definitely. Um an attack defense. We'll skip this list of six names that uh would uh <laughs> that'd be spicy. Some Ooh. uh front seven players in ah, there, as we would put that it that
0: were involved in a little extracurricular.
1: Uh yes, and uh Samaje P. Ryan, injured. Um uh, we know it's a thumb injury. Sean Payton said it's a thumb injury, uh left practice with the trainers. Um, he wasn't like screaming in pain or anything, although the trainers were looking at it. So take that for what's worth. I mean, a thumb injury, you should be fine in a month and a half when camp starts. So I don't think that's any big deal.
0: Man, I wish my mic worked right now because, uh, Henry, you, <laughs> I wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not, it was not targeted at production because Henry, the, the reason why, is because I totally, you and I don't see this the same way
1: about yeah. Samaj's injury. A thumb injury just can't last right, more than a few talking. weeks.
0: Check, check, check. One, two, three. No, 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 no. no. Oh, here we word. go. No, here we I'm go. So We're getting some uh, yeah, some help hold right hold now. Check, check, check. Can Henry talk again? I can hear you. You're like, I can hear too much of you right now.
2: I thought he sounds fine, but the chat says it's not good.
0: Can you guys hear me? Let me know in the comment section if you can hear me now. Uh, We got multiple people helping us out on this. Um, Alex, Riley, Jose, any help on this? Can you guys hear me right now?
1: I hear you fine. Well, me too, but we're in the room.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chat, chat, chat. (laughs) Chat, chat. That's worse. And we're getting no uh, comment section.
1: Second good play from Jaquan, I'll say that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's a big day. I Maybe the only guy who showed up twice. Marcus Haynes showed up twice.
0: Sebastian said he heard me.
1: Oh. Oh. Yeah, I think we're it's right. a bit. Check,
0: check. I, I don't know which one he's referring to. It might oh, just be because go. it's Some kind of an echoey room. A lot more comments rolling in here. So, can hear you a bit echoey. It could just be the room at this point. Thank yep. you, Marissa. Thank if we just you, get, Alyssa look, look at that. Two if we just get all the people Marissa.
1: in the office to yeah, stand in here, that yeah, would suck up all the noise, yeah. the echo. So, instead uh? of uh,
0: padding on the wall, we just have people on the wall. Exactly. There we go. I like That's that. what a big
1: budget place would do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you just want to pay your 100 grand a year to come stand in a room.
0: Well, I think that's as good as we're going to do today, I think. Um, but continue to let us know how we sound. Um, Jose, Tyler, People, a lot of people are saying that uh, that it's working now. But cool, let's talk about...
1: Let's hit these real quick. Okay. Finish uh, hey. it up. Uh, Brandon Johnson with a great play. Um, uh, Taylor Grimes, little slot receiver, made a great play. Uh Jalen Virgil made a not so great play. Uh like I said, Marcus Haynes, undrafted uh, outside linebacker, made a couple of great plays. Couple. Uh we couldn't see the last period, which is when the most important things happen, which is a real shame. But yeah, I can say Jaleel McLaughlin, speedy NCAA's all-time leading rusher. He made a really great play.
0: Mm, I like that. So there you go. There's some names. I like that. And uh you talked about some running backs. And one of them, Samaj P. Ryan, yes. you and I disagree on. And let's let us talk about this, because I think this yeah. is something that we are going to be talking about potentially in training camp, and that would just be such a massive bummer. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at Pins and Aces. Use the code DNVR over at Pins and Aces to get 15% off uh, your order on pinsandaces.com, where You want the best golf gear, the coolest golf gear, the most unique golf gear. Pins and Aces has it. They've got hats. They've got things for your golf clubs. They've got shirts. They've got shirts. They've got everything over at Pins and Aces. So check them out. And when you do check them out, use that code DNVR to get 15% off.
1: And uh, go get yourself some Shady Rays. Those are important today. I'm still not sure. It doesn't look like I got burned today. Kind of a weird angle though, so who knows. Um, but if I did, I've got some sunglass lines. It'll actually be pretty nice because I think we've got some more sunglasses on the way. Yeah. Which hopefully the line will be a little bit different so I can wear one one day, one the smart, other. Smart. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but even if you only have one pair and you wind up with a terrible, terrible tan line, uh, still worth it because they're great sunglasses and being able to see in the sun, awesome. Uh, which is, uh, I don't know, not everybody knows that. Um they are an independent sunglasses company. They offer a world-class product. It's just as good as any expensive pair that I've worn, but uh, you can uh, not pay nearly as much for them. So it's awesome. They're very durable. They're so durable that actually if you break them, they will replace them for you for free, no questions asked. Um they do a whole bunch of great things. They help out all their nonprofit partners. Um, they, uh, help build play sets for pediatric cancer patients. They provide young adults with MS, um, adventures of their lifetimes. Um, so yeah, super involved in the community. And, uh, that's because over 250,000 people have rated them five stars. Uh, that's where that money comes from. And if you want to help out, you can actually do so at a discount. If you use the code DNVR, you can pay Half price for two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Uh, they've got stores around town, but also you can go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DMVR to get that discount.
0: So Samaj P. Ryan, left practice midway through. We kind of saw that maybe there was some discomfort in mm-hmm. the hand area before he left. And then a couple minutes later, he walked into the locker room, did not return. And when asked about it after practice, Sean Payton said, yep, it was a thumb thing. The trainers wanted to go take a look at it mm-hmm. uh, inside and said, uh, you know, he hasn't been able to talk to the trainers yet, so he didn't have an update mm-hmm. on that, but said, I, I think he's fine, which yep. you take that with an absolute grain of salt after the sentence before he said that he has not been able to get an update mm. on him. But so a little thumb injury for Z- for Samaje, training camp starts mm-hmm. in five or six, six weeks, weeks from yep. now. And to me, uh, this just, Shane Ray, he had a thumb injury huh. that, um, I mean, ruined his career. And I really? believe it happened right around a similar time, and we thought he was going to be fine uh, during the six-week break. Came back and reaggravated it, and so to me, I am just
1: that I'm, avulsion fracture. Is that that is?
0: I don't remember what it was, but for for me, especially with Javante Williams still not being a full participant, Broncos are, are um, you know optimistic on him. The first thing that pops into my mind is, oh man, the Broncos might be just giving Dalvin Cook a pretty significant contract. If this is actually a real injury,
1: yeah, it doesn't look like. Oh, it was, it was a torn ligament in his wrist. That's what it was. Okay. My thing is, I don't know. If you you could snap every one of your fingers in half, every single one of them, and if you went to a doctor, they would be just fine in like a month.
0: We don't know that it's broken. True. Sean just said it's a it's a thumb injury, and yeah. for a running back where your job is to hold on to the ball, um, to me, yeah. And I was just surprised after we talked to Sean how you were so dismissive of it and how mm-hmm. concerned I was of it. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a lot closer to you. But, I mean, ball security is absolutely huge. Oh, People know that from watching number 25 the past couple of yeah. years. And now Samaje is number 25. Um, this is something that I hope that we don't talk about again. Mm-hmm. I hope we talk to Samaje tomorrow before practice. And he says, I'm all good. It was just a little tweak. One yep. to be extra precautious about it. Uh, and then, boom, we're fine. Not worrying about it. It's just something mm-hmm. that this is the first injury that we've seen take place on the field. Obviously, Baron Browning, he got injured uh, not on the field. But this is the first injury we've seen. And, man, it honestly couldn't have happened to maybe a worse position.
1: It's not the first we've seen. There was, can we say, yesterday?
0: Um, No, because we didn't confirm with Sean. But that player was... He was
1: around after. He didn't go to the...
0: He... Correct. He was yeah. around and also just so that's a little different. simply not as important.
1: Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's my thing. Is like if, if he had said it's a hand injury, I might freak out. If he said it was a wrist injury, I might freak out. Thumb injury should be just fine.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I hope so. Yeah. Um. But it it scares me. Okay. Anything else from practice itself? What happened on the field that we're allowed to say?
1: <sighs> I think we've hit everything. I think we've hit everything. Yep.
0: Just the uh, my, my last thing and This is just kind of an overarching thing, Mm -hmm. but something that we saw again today is just Sean Payton's attention to detail is out of this world. He told us, what was it, last week, that there's 43, 45 plays that the Broncos are going to practice because Mm -hmm. it's just very uncommon situations, but you have to practice them. Mm -hmm. We saw a couple of those today. They're practicing everything from offensive uh, situations, defensive situations. Today, they were doing some special team situations. This team, there's not going to be a situation that comes up this season where uh, the Broncos are unprepared for it. Mm-hmm. And
1: Sean talked about one, which is awesome, because so many of these we get to say, yeah, it's pretty cool. See, this was actually one of the least interesting because it's kind of like a simple little thing. But they were practicing that thing where if, if a player who catches a kickoff is standing out of bounds or can get one foot out of bounds – then the return team gets about the 40. That counts as a kick out of bounds. Again, these are, like he said a couple of weeks ago, or last week, these might happen every four weeks. They might have happened every couple of years. Yeah. How often is there a kickoff that goes close to the boundary? I think it... I don't know if it counts. I guess back the end zone wouldn't count. So I think end zone right. must always... Right. That's fine. So, you have to be in the field of play. So, maybe you get this opportunity once, twice a season. Yeah. But, real quick in practice, they go through, they put the one foot on the out of bounds, try to catch it inbounds. A lot of the other situations they've practiced are much, much, much more interesting. But he talked about that one. So, we're allowed to share that one.
0: Yeah. And I mean, just such a fascinating one. And um, it, that, that could be the matter, the difference of 15 yards easily. Because okay. if you fair catch a kick, it's going to go to the 25. Yep. If you fair catch it with the foot out of bounds, It's going to go to the 40. Mm -hmm. That's 15 yards right there. Then all you need is 25 yards to get into field goal range right there. Mm
1: -hmm. Again, it's just another one of those where if you're watching at home, you would say, why didn't you try to stick that foot out of bounds? You could have gotten the free yards. And by just doing this once or twice or however many times they're going to do it before the season – At least it's in the back of their brain where it's like, oh, look, there's the boundary. Let's make sure we do this because we cannot screw this up.
0: And then that's another way to evaluate players. You know, you teach it through them in mini camp and then training camp comes around and you put these players in these situations and the ones that are able to react correctly. Well, then, boom, that's going to help them make the team right there. And it's going to help separate some of those back of the roster guys right there, because these things, Henry, can be the difference Mm -hmm. in winning or losing a game. And if you're talking about practicing things that are winning or losing a game, boy, you're going to want to know which guys you can trust and which you can't. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing uh, that has probably been the story the past 24 hours, Mm -hmm. Pat Sertan returning punts. He did it yesterday. Sean Payton confirmed after practice. And let's just say things aren't changing. And uh, Mm -hmm. this scares the hell out of a lot of fans saying, what are you doing? putting Pat Sertan back there. And as Sean Payton said, right now is the time to find out. Yep. So this does not mean that Pat Sertan is going to be the Broncos every uh, every down punt returner. It also means that if he impresses enough, maybe he's a situational guy. I don't expect Pat Sertan to be the Broncos starting punt returner. But after practice today, special teams coordinator Ben Cutwika said that Pat Sertan wants to play mm-hmm. special teams. Now, I think that's huge not just because I think it means that Pat could actually have a role as a punt returner mm-hmm. in some situations, but I think it's huge because the Broncos' special teams has been so awful for yep. years. It wasn't just all on Dwayne Stooks. I mean, the Broncos have had three special teams coordinators in the past five years. Special teams has just been horrendous, and a big reason for that is they just haven't had good players on their football team, mm-hmm. specifically on special teams. If the best players, and if Pat Sertan is showing that he wants to play, that's going to make. That's gonna trickle down. And uh, the special teams coordinator mentioned today how it's already starting to trickle down. He's mm-hmm. seeing it uh, among the guys because Pat has that want to. Now, Sean's just going to have to make the, the decision, okay, is it worth it to have my all-pro cornerback mm-hmm. out there? If Pat Sertan proves to be a Deion Sanders type of punt returner, then yes, he's your every down starting mm-hmm. punt returner. If he proves to be good enough... In special situations then he's probably a a, a special guy or just he's he's an occasional guy if he proves to be um you know just your fair catch guy then that's then that's what he's going to be I trust Sean Payton with this but it's not going away
1: no and I think you know it just depends on the other guys too where if Montreal Washington if he has a great preseason then yeah throw him right back out there don't even think about trying to get Pat Sertan hurt um You know, KJ Hamler, Marvin Mims, you're at a point where you have so many receivers. Those guys can definitely make plays back there. Give them an opportunity because if one of them gets hurt, honestly, you're kind of just fine. Mm. So, so I think that's where I look at the same time though. If none of those guys do anything to really stand out um, during the preseason, I would, uh, you know, I'd put Pat Sertan back there week one, just see what happens you know when I return one or two if if it works then there you go run with it if so, if you if you wind up with a couple 10 yard returns it's not worth it but give him a chance and if it works it works so what changed
0: from yesterday to today because yesterday you kind of yeah. under no circumstance and henry most people agreed with you they don't they they don't want to see pat back there under any circumstances what changed the
1: big thing is like you just you don't know unless you do it you know, that's that's what Sean Payton said. You don't know unless you do it, so why not do it? Why not give him a chance? And that's why I say week one, yeah, throw him out there. See what happens. And if he if he breaks a big one, maybe you stick with it. If he doesn't, then you say, yeah, that was a, that was a good try. But, I mean, if you're going to do it, that's the time to do it. It's do it week one.
0: Well, and so that's, that's why I think it's smart that he's doing it now because hmm. I think for the most part, oh, yeah. you can get a good feeling of that. And we're talking about June 14th right now. Uh, and in training camp, even do it then. And yeah, it's not going to be a real game situation, but exactly. th- th- you're not putting a 12 year old back there. This is a guy that yeah, yeah. plays football, knows what the pressure is of football. Um, and he's been mm-hmm. a punt returner before he's, yeah. he's done that now. It wasn't high school, a very different situation. But, um, to me, you can know if Pat's going to be good or bad, um, because he's a damn good football player. This isn't going to be his first time on the field. Y- you can know in, uh, in, in training
1: camp. But- I you don't know the difference between good and special in training camp because nobody's really going to be tackling him. Right, and even if they were tackling him, don't get him tackled in training camp. And if, they pl- wouldn't. They wouldn't exactly. And so that's where if he's out there, like you need a chance to see what he does with a live rep because that's where you're going to find out whether he is worth playing. Because the we we all know he'd be a good punt returner. Is he somebody who's if you put him back there every time going to give you a touchdown or two, some big returns? That's the question. And like again, like the you, I don't think you can figure that out at all. Like at this point, nobody's trying to make a play on him. Nobody's really going to be trying to make a play on him. Training camp, get him back there so that you can te- teach him what to do and coach him up. But there's no reason to do it in the preseason when he could just get hurt. Like you're just as likely to get hit on a preseason return as a as a regular season return. So just. Do it once or twice in the regular season see what happens. Welcome.
0: Welcome to the Pat Sertan punt, re- punt returner side. I'll say
1: there's like a 90% chance I'm never doing it again. <laughs> but if they want to see what happens, then sure, coach them up, see what happens. Why not? It's a little risky, but it is what it is.
0: There's a 90% chance that I'm going to be at Illegal Pete's Patio wow. this Weekend. Wow. Because when summer comes around, illegal pizza is the way to go. I mean, it's like a once a weekend spot, at least for spot. me in the summertime. We haven't talked about their fish tacos in a while. I think Ooh. that's actually the picture that's on the screen right now. Fish tacos are so good and they're different. They're not like um, that, they, they do like a whole different thing. They put like different uh stuff on top of them, different sauce. Mm-hmm. They're deep fried, so good. You can also get uh, the fish burrito. And then, of course, you cannot go wrong with anything uh, that has their queso on it. The reverse nachos where the chips are on Mm -hmm. the side, so good. And their margs are to die for. That's what you go to the patio for is their margs are absolutely delicious. Great price. And, Henry, they have a happy hour that goes till 8 p.m. I know a lot of people in town are going to be at the parade starting early tomorrow. You're going to need a lunch. Illegal Pete's is the place to go. And then you can also just continue the celebration there. So check out our friends over at Illegal Pete's. You're not going to be disappointed. And the atmosphere, the food, or the drinks, or the price, you're going to be blown away.
1: Yeah, definitely. I had Pete's last night. It's really good. Um, also, make sure you get yourself some Breckenridge beers. Before you go over to Pete's tomorrow, we have a happy hour here. Ooh, yeah. We which. Do a
0: killer happy hour. Yeah.
1: I think it's at two. And yep. I'm still, I think plan is to do a ceremonial first shot at our place at five and then walk over five there.
0: Five.
1: A.M. A.M.? Last year it was six and we got in the front row, but we were not in the middle in the front row. So this time. So an
0: hour earlier. Hopefully
1: an hour earlier is enough. Plus there's probably more people. So you guys are wacko. Why? I love it. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, what I, else? I love it. What else would I be doing gotta, at five a.m.?
0: you got to go to bed right now in order to get your adequate eight hours of sleep.
1: No, you make up tomorrow. I'm going to be asleep early tomorrow. It. You get awful sleep when you're drunk. I just, I, we're, we're fixing all of this in like over the weekend. There we go. That's the first step. Okay.
2: That's, exactly. that's
1: very yeah. true he'll just yeah. get home and,
0: and knock out uh hank said uh, he's been telling a lot of people this that he's not you're not gonna touch alcohol after tomorrow for was it two and a half weeks or two uh, and a half months probably a couple months like my th- probably not- a couple of months just let's keep an eye on that because i think i think by by the time saturday rolls around he's gonna be having a drink
1: i doubt it i'm I'm just not a big drinker like i'm just not like wait, this but time wait, of year what are you doing tomorrow? It's the playoffs again. Like (laughs) the playoffs is over, so I'm I'm not a
0: big drinker. I'm taking a shot at five a.m. on a Thursday
1: because it's celebratory. I love it. That's my thing though. Is like if there's no sports, no way in hell I'm drinking. Okay, so you're a sports sports drinker. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there are no sports happening
2: because the Rockies Rockies don't exist. You
1: got a big Rockies bet. I do have a big bet, but that's that doesn't mean I need to be watching every (laughs) game. We'll we'll see that one in September. Um, Breckenridge Brewery though great beers I'm going to be drinking a lot of them tomorrow um, and then a lot at our happy hour so come get some there I think they also have at Illegal Pete so it could be a lot of beers tomorrow for sure
0: yeah and tomorrow we've got $4 drafts all drafts are $4 after 2pm 2, 2 to mm-hmm. 6 2 to 8 um, at the DNBR bar so after the parade come down here we've also got half price apps so eat yeah. and drink for a really good price with really good company as well speaking of of really good company, Henry. Vance Joseph mm. was back today. He was. Uh, he was hired five months ago? Four months ago? Four, four or five months ago. Yeah. And today was the first Almost time four. that he talked to the media uh, in a media setting for the very first time since being rehired by the Denver Broncos. This time as their defensive coordinator. And I got to say, Vance seemed extremely comfortable not just with talking with us he's very used to talking with the media but he seemed very comfortable to be back with the broncos what could be a very awkward situation what could be very weird uh he seemed very comfortable in, in it all
1: and that is no surprise like sean payton said he's just like a professional guy like yeah he wasn't gonna be up there being like hey guys i know this is weird like no that's just not who he is um just chill as always he uh he seems really happy to be back, though. And like he said, I mean, he is from here. His family has a house here. Like this didn't, is where he they wants didn't to be. Sell the house exactly. After he got fired as a head coach, just like Carl Durell. Um. So, uh, if you want to, uh, I don't know. He also said that, uh, or no, it was sh- oh, he wanted to coach for Sean. That's what it was. He had options yeah. when Sean Payton offers you a chance to come work where you want to live. Anyway, how do you turn that down?
0: And and there's. 15 years of proof in that, Henry, because you know if you're on the defensive side, you don't have to have a great defense when Mm -hmm. you're with Sean Payton. The the pressure is not on you. The pressure is on Sean Payton and the offensive Mm -hmm. side. That was not the case when Vance was the head coach here. Vance was supposed to be the head coach. Vance was supposed to be the Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator calling the plays, and then, of course, being the head coach, then the offense also fell on him. So pressure was just crazy with Vance here. Also coming off of Gary Kubiak as the head coach, who was a Super Bowl-winning coach. He was 12 months removed from the team winning a Super Bowl when he got here. I mean, the pressure couldn't have been higher. And now you know when you're coaching with Sean, he should have a top-five offense. Maybe not Mm -hmm. this year, but in 2024, the Broncos should have a top-five offense, top-10 at worst. So what do you need to do as a defense? You need you need to be average. If you're average, especially for where this team is at now, if the Broncos have an average defense this year and the offense does reach Sean Payton's expectations of top 10, this is a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Then next year, if the offense is a top five offense and the defense is still just an average football team uh, or uh, an average defense then this team is a playoff team. Oh, it's it's absolutely a playoff team, uh, probably winning a first-round game and really competing from there on out if you have a top-five offense. Uh, And so that is just the massive appeal. And then also on top of that, you get to go up against Vance or or against Sean every day, which is just going to make you better. Obviously, Sean Payton, uh, Vance called him one of the best play callers Mm -hmm. in NFL history. And again, that kind of adds up. You can just look at the numbers. He he's not blowing smoke. That is that is very real. So he said he didn't the, 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 the he didn't think once or I think Sean said that he didn't think once about being awkward bringing Vance Joseph back. Mm-hmm. He said no, this was just about Vance the person and the situation that we needed.
1: Yeah, if you don't hire a good coach because you think it's going to be awkward, that's just a waste. Like it's just a waste. So yeah, I, on, honestly, the most interesting thing I thought that Vance said um, by far, because most fit. I don't know. It was good to hear from all that stuff. What did you expect him to say?
0: Well, he's been a, a defensive coordinator for one year with the Dolphins. He was a head yep. coach for two years with the Broncos, and then a defensive coordinator for four years with the Cardinals. And why I say that is. He's very trained when it comes to dealing yeah. with media. So he knows what to say, what not to say. He's got the coach speak down to your point.
1: Heather. Exactly. So that's why the, by far the thing that I was like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm glad I came today. Like, I'm glad I heard this. It was when he was talking about Christian Parker. That was the big one to me where he basically said, you know, I've, I've been a coordinator for seven years. I've run defenses for seven years. The book is out on me. People know what to expect, how I run my defense, how things are going to work. What's really nice is having really good young coaches who haven't put things on tape. And so you get to hear from Christian Parker every day and say, hey, what if we try this? What if we try that? Because there's just a whole bunch of new ideas where, you know, Vance will have new ideas. At the same time, though, he's been trying to come up with new ideas for almost a decade. So at some point, the well doesn't necessarily run dry, but the way you think... Is just out there, so I thought that that was interesting from uh, talking about Christian Parker. I didn't hear on, Christian talk about that,
0: and and I didn't either. But on that topic, how good is Pat Sertan? Really good. How much do you think Vance Joseph likes Pat Sertan? A lot. How how willing do you think Vance Joseph is to just gush praise about Pat Sertan?
1: You would think a lot, a,
0: a ton. Very. He did all of that. Mm-hmm. And his praise for Christian Parker felt like even more than Pastor Tan. Oh, yeah, definitely. That just shows you how much Vance Joseph loves Christian Parker, yep. and then take it up a step. He was one of the two coaches that was brought back from Sean Payton. So Sean yep. Payton loves Christian Parker. They actually made that decision before even hiring Vance Joseph that mm-hmm. Christian was going to be back. So Christian Parker, and it, it's only a matter of time until he's gone.
1: He also got kept, right? I believe he got kept from the previous staff from to that Vic to hack it yeah. yes he did that somebody said that and i was like well then for a second i thought it was rams but no that is right um yeah i mean vance called him a star there you go that's Been what it like is
0: a star multiple yep. times so christian parker uh he's already on the list of up-and-coming head coaches mm-hmm. in the nfl he's 31 years old uh he he is a star and mm-hmm. honestly there was conversations i think i brought it up in the off like Do you even just consider promoting Christian Parker to defensive coordinator? Um, And now the reason not to do that, he doesn't have that experience. Mm -hmm. Whoever is going to be the defensive coordinator is going to just have so much power and control, and they're really Mm going to need to be a big-time leader. And that was something that Sean Payton pointed to about Vance, was that he's just a really good leader. You could tell when Sean talked about him, he brought in Vance more for his leadership, dare I say leader of men yeah traits as john elway pointed mm-hmm. to vance than necessarily the x's and o's and that, that that's okay um but he when sean talked about him it was just how good of a leader he is how good of a presence he is mm-hmm. uh and he's taken over a defense that has a lot of veteran guys on it
1: yeah and that's i mean you just can't have a bad coordinator you just can't do it like what that just if, if you have a bad coordinator that wastes your season like, if
0: that defense oh, is... Oh, like taking a risk on exactly. a Christian
1: Parker or and, something. And not, even not necessarily Christian Parker, but anybody. You know, when you know Vance has a track record of doing this over and over and over again, people only have... Well, I'll Bronco fans, people only have good things to say. Even Cardinal fans, for the most part, just say, yeah... He was good. He was put in a bad situation. If you get on Reddit, uh, that's what it says.
0: Not our guys over at PHNX, which, no, it's not what they said. not what they said. We got to go back and watch.
1: They didn't say, like, he was perfect. He was flawless. They said, yeah, he was good, and he was put in a bad pitch, situation.
0: Boy, we that's remember bull. those conversations wow. very, very differently. We do. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't think. I think it was more so,
1: like, good luck. Which to really? me is the like opposite a, of what I took away from Bo and Johnny. Yeah, all they said is he couldn't handle. Like he made some mistakes with uh some of the kind of tweener players. But other than that, they said yeah he was great. Oh man, we might have to go review yeah, the film. We have to or go back, Ryan, and look. because that is not how I took it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I think you caught on too hard with the negative part that they said.
0: Um, I think they said he he's an average oh. defensive coordinator, and I mean that, and that's, that's basically
1: what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: That's what I've always said. He, he's average. Yeah, and exa- that's that's what he needs to be. Mm. We had this conversation a couple months ago. You said he was going to be a top 10-ish defensive coordinator. I said, no, he's I average. I
1: said that. Yeah. But again, like the difference between 10th and 15th, there you go. It's not worth yelling about. Pretty big um, deal, though. It, <laughs> it, I don't know. The thing is, that's even how coordinators work is just how being ranked, you know? Like it's all about fit. It's all about personnel. It's all that sort of stuff. And the thing about Joseph is that he belongs as an NFL defensive coordinator for sure. And you could take a gamble on a guy and say, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But that's just a good way to burn down an entire season. And that's
0: something that Sean Payton's done with pretty much his entire coaching staff is good experience. Look at the special teams. They've got a guy who was a previous special teams coordinator, Ben Kotwika, who's now Broncos special teams coordinator. And then they got a guy who said he invented special teams. Yeah. And Mike Westhoff, who's 75 years old, been in the NFL for almost four decades. Yep. Uh, and he just, he it's all experience on special teams defense. Vance has obviously been a defensive coordinator. He's been uh, a head coach as well. And then it pretty much trickles down from there. Now, what I do like, is Sean made sure to get some younger guys in the building. He talked about Chris Banjo, the special teams assistant, who was a player last year. Davis Webb, who was a Mm -hmm. player last year. He still is bringing in fresh uh, fresh blood, despite, I mean, we're talking about Sean Payton, who doesn't need to surround himself with experienced guys, yet he's still doing it, which is really good. It's just the complete opposite of what Nathaniel Hackett did last year. Nathaniel Hackett needed experienced guys around him. And what did he do? He he did the complete opposite. Hired a first-year uh, defensive coordinator. Hired a first-year offensive coordinator. Hired a guy who had been an, a special teams coordinator one year, 11 years ago, and got fired after that year. He had three coordinators. One guy had one year of experience. Mm-hmm. And Nathaniel Hackett was a first-year head coach. He needed all the experience around him, and he did the opposite. Sean Payton doesn't need the experience, mm-hmm. and he's doing that just shows you how important that experience is. And that's something that I just really love about what Sean's done this offseason.
1: Definitely. He just built a real coaching staff. That's how you do it, is you get people who have done jobs before. You know, you don't say, uh, let's see, let's see. I us have to come up with one. You know, they they go and sign uh, Alex Singleton again. You know what they could have done they could have said ooh this backup guy from over there if we make him our linebacker we might really have something and instead of ben powers ooh this guy was a backup over here maybe he just needs an opportunity he's been kind of blocked oh and, oh, and mike McGlinchey. how about instead of him let's just go get this guy who's like uh, you know we we think he's the next big thing we think like that's just not a good strategy because maybe one of those guys is good at least half of them won't be. There's a reason you just go get guys who do the things that you want them to do. You need an offense coordinated, go get an offensive coordinator. Don't go get a guy and say, hmm, maybe, you know, it's sometimes it's worth the gamble, but that's mostly when you can say, oh, we're putting most of the the trust in the guy above him anyway. You know, if they wanted to, to give, I don't know, um, Kerry Colbert, let's say he has two great years Say, say, mm, you're ready to be an offensive coordinator. Sure. Sean Payton can just handle the offense anyway. It's no big deal. But to go out there and hire a bunch of guys who have never held that role before is just dumb. There's a reason you go get guys who can do the things that you want to be done. Yep,
0: no, uh, 100%. And uh, Vance is back. He's comfortable. He coached mm-hmm. Justin Simmons before he uh, was fired. And uh, one of the the cool things, I asked him about you know, his impressions of Justin and the, the Josie and a couple of the guys that were here. And he said, it's not like I haven't watched him. You know, you keep you keep track of these guys that you've been with. Um, and I have a feeling that he's going to rely heavily on Justin Simmons, uh, who he coached, Josie Jewell, who he coached here with the Broncos in order to help him implement his defense, although it's going to be very similar to what the Broncos have done in the past. But, you know, a little terminology, uh, the, the little changes here and there. Um, so we are going to continue to follow how that defense does, but there's just not nearly as much pressure on Vance Joseph now as there was when he was the head coach.
1: Yeah, that's just the way it works. Um, again, if the defense doesn't perform, he'll be gone because that's just the way it works. What do you mean perform? Doesn't live up to standards. You look at and say What's they should it, be better. Standards?
0: I, I'm asking I, you, what what is your line?
1: i sure you truly asking. Well, I don't think it comes down to a line. Like, I think it's no when you see it thing. I think it's when if you look I out mean, there. I there, mean, there's
0: lines, though, you know? I don't
1: think so. I... I I mean, if he finishes like, oh, they're the 25th in defense. Yeah, he's gone. You okay, know? so what's your line? But even then... But you know, it, it just, give or take I mean, spots. it depends on the offense, too. You know, if the offense is going out there and they're putting up 30 points a game, you're giving up 24, 25 points a game, then it's really no big deal because there's going to be so many possessions and you're going to be winding up in tough situations. Like, it... it if, if the offense is bad, even I mean that's what happened last year is the offense was so bad that you look at the raw numbers and the defense actually kind of just got screwed over so many times that the advanced stats would say, yeah, they were pretty good. The raw numbers would say, uh, actually they gave up this many points, you know? So I think it's, is, are you giving up big plays in the passing game? Are you giving up bad plays situation when you need a pass rush? Are you getting a pass rush? What's the run defense like? Like, I don't think it's, whether Vance is back or not won't depend on, oh, you didn't hit the 22 points per game number that we needed. You know, it's just going to be, if we look, do we say that's not good enough or that's good enough? And I don't think there's just anything you can draw.
0: I do, I do. I think it's if you're, if you're really. a bottom 10 defense, um, there's just been too much of a drop-off year in and year out where even though he was only here for one year. Um, but that's, I mean, that's a long leash to give Vance to be just don't be a bottom 10 defense. Um, so I think that he's going to be a top 22 defense in the NFL. And I think he is going to be back next year, but, um, that, that, that is a long leash. Also, Sean Payton wasn't hired until January, the last day of January. So then the number of coaches that were available for him mm-hmm. to hire, it, it was less. Definitely. Um, and so if things don't work out in year one, mm-hmm. Vance might say, or, or Sean might say, let me move on from some guys and then have a much bigger coaching pool that mm-hmm. I can hire from this year than I had last year. So just just keep that in mind. And also keep the number 222-2222 in mind because if you need to call our friends over at Backus & Shanker because you've been in an auto injury accident, you've been in a pedestrian injury accident, you've Been in a ride, share, bus, anything like that. Our friends over at Backus and Shanker are there to help you. If you are injured in any sort of accident in Colorado, they are the best. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients. And if you call them at 222 222, you're going to get a free consultation. They're going to work on your case for free, and you're not going to have to pay them until you win your case. And they're all about winning. So if you have any sort of accident that you've been in, yourself a loved one friend family member give them a call at 222-2222 or go to the, visit them at coloradolaw.net to win really quick before we move on hit us with a thumbs up if you're watching on youtube i know we've had some technical difficulties a lot of you have stuck with us through it and we really appreciate a podcast side five-star review all of these things are free it helps us a ton tell your friends about the show we're going to be getting into some mm-hmm. probably crazy off-season pods in the next six yeah. weeks And we're going to be jumping headfirst into training camp where it's going to be a much different training camp than last year. There's going to be a lot more to talk about this year. And so we're going to want you guys rolling with us. So hit us with a thumbs up. We'd really appreciate that. All right, let's hop into the comment section. And a great question coming in from Zach. He says, I'm out of the loop today. But why is all this stuff so secretive? And it's a really good question. We should probably, you know, once a week be reminding uh, people of why this is secretive,
1: Henry. Yeah, it's because that's what Sean Payton wants. He doesn't want us to say anything about anything. You know, back in the day, you used to be able to say, um, you know, Jerry Judy ran a post route against Pat Sertan and got open. And the guy threw the ball and it was like a toe tap catch on there. It was Russ who threw it. You know, it, it was a second down. Yards. Exactly. Yeah. So you used to be able to do all that stuff. And it's crazy because still just about everywhere. You, you can say all that stuff mm-hmm. almost everywhere. In There's- fact,
0: other places you can actually keep stats yeah. of Mac Jones. The Patriots exactly. camp allows this. Mac Jones went 28 of 35 today, two interceptions. Mm-hmm. He overthrew X receiver, yep. uh, by five yards. Another guy made an interception yep. on him. We are now limited to, because of Sean Payton, and it's because he's de- he did this with the Saints, and yep. typically if uh, if a leader of any type does something somewhere, they're going to just say, well, it worked for me there, so I'm going to bring it here, and that's what Sean's doing. Um, we are pretty much allowed to say uh, someone had a good day. I don't even think we're allowed to say someone had a bad day, really. We're uh, allowed to say anything that Sean confirms after practice, so yep. reason we were able to talk about Samaj P. Ryan's injury is because Uh, I asked Sean about it and then he talked about it Um, uh, again with the fight. Someone asked him about it. So we were able to talk about that. But I mean, outside of just the most bland statements, that's all we're, that's all we're able to say. And if we do say more, the Broncos could just pull our credentials and then we wouldn't be there. And then we wouldn't be able to talk about anything.
1: Yep. And there's actually, I mean, the number one rule on the sheet they give us, no cell phones. Not not even out. No, no cell phones allowed at practice. We are not allowed to obviously tweet about practice. We're not allowed to
0: text a friend about something not related to Broncos. And I've heard stories where Sean sees a media member with a phone out and uh, goes over and talks to them about that.
1: Yep. So that's why we can't say anything. Otherwise, again, this notebook packed with things that I would love to share. But uh, the Broncos are going to burn that yeah, Broncos don't know where it is.
0: <laughs> if anyone knows how to find it, it's the Broncos. that is true. It is
1: crazy. Like the NFL, they just hire like all the former FBI yeah. agents yeah. and have yeah. them do backgrounds on yeah. everybody and know it's yeah. It, it's pretty crazy. Like NFL security just has a report on every player. Yep, yeah, they know what everybody's doing. yep, they they absolutely do. That's why, like
0: when a team drafts someone and then it comes out that this guy has a questionable past yeah. and the team didn't know about it, that's just a massive failure
1: or it's just a straight up lie because yeah, I think or they definitely NFL about it. security just hands those reports yeah. out to everybody. So <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Um, the, the
0: good news is, is I believe we're going to be able to talk pretty much entirely about everything that goes on, all the details during training camp because it's open to fans. So mm-hmm. training camp, we'll be back to uh, how we typically talk about practice, giving you just unbelievable breakdowns and inside information and that starts crazy enough so soon end of july yeah. we'll be talking about training camp six weeks yep yep okay let's hop into the comments on the website the first comment coming in from our friend ozzy dan says good day boys it's been a while since my last comment but i haven't missed a pod love to hear it ozzy it says must admit yesterday's podcast made me question the time i put into listening each day i'm incredibly frustrated but frustrated by the ridiculous new quote-unquote rules the team has put on media. Yeah. As an overseas fan, podcasts like yours are must-listens as it keeps me to date with what's happening, who's performing well, who's struggling, etc. The fact that the team is keeping you all from doing your job and keeping fans informed is super disappointing. Sports and the NFL is entertainment. You boys explaining who made a great play in minicamp and how they did is not going to influence team performance in any way. To think it will is arrogant and perpetulent. Anyways, I just thought... I'd vent as I found the restrictions placed on you and what you have said in recent podcasts has been frustrating and not entertaining. Love you guys, and please understand my frustrations are not directed to my DNVR fam. Take care. Ozzy, Dan, Mm -hmm. Ozzy, we're right there with you. We feel the same way that you feel, but the NFL is just a world of paranoia, and there are some coaches and yeah, pretty much coaches that are in organizations that are more paranoid than others. And the way Sean's operating is he doesn't want anything, anything to get out that is not directly facilitated by
1: him. Mm-hmm.
0: That's why if we want to talk about anything during practice, we have to ask him about it, and yep. get his comments about it in order to talk about it.
1: Yep. And I mean, teams are all spying on each other. Like, I don't think that the tweeting the big catches and who they were against is gonna matter. No. Every team is spying and there's a lot more going on than I think I guess sometimes you realize Josh McDaniels got caught. The Patriots got caught back in the day. I don't know. Like I totally get like they should be paranoid. But there's a line.
0: I yeah. I don't. I don't think that teams are spying and getting good enough information from reporters' tweets on exactly. what happened in practice.
1: If if they wanted to, they would call you up and say, "Hey, I've got a hundred grand. Yeah. What happened?" Yes, and, yes.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if that's happened before.
1: Oh, definitely. That. I mean, I. I know that that has happened before. That oh. makes it sound like I've been involved or proposition. I have not.
0: And you're not talking about the Broncos.
1: No, I'm definitely not talking about the Broncos. It's a it was like a college thing. Another situation. There's a there's a college <laughs> thing that has happened in the past. Is that public? Uh not public. Not public. And that's why I maybe like I've that. even already said see? too much. No, uh, no, but no. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, also wasn't media. People don't know about the Montana quarterback you're talking about. That's not <laughs> what it is. That's not it's, I if I keep saying it's not, that, it's not that. It's not that. It's not that. Eventually you get there. Um, but yeah, like there is good reason to be paranoia. I mean, there's, who is it? Oh, it's the Patriots always stole people's playbooks. Every team just knew that like you cannot leave a playbook out in the, in the locker room because when you go out for warmups, somebody's going to go through there and try to grab it, take whatever they can do. So they start leaving security in there. People start dropping fake playbooks in there and then they'll like, you'll say like, oh, if I say Omaha, it means this play. And the I can't remember what team See, I think it was a Steelers team that said, "Yeah, we did that, and we just caught him going the total wrong way, and we're able to get back the other way on for a big play."
0: <laughs> See, that's that's just so different, that different than what Ozzie Dan is saying. Like having a team's playbook and knowing their their uh, their calls at the line is so different than even the detail that New England Patriots reporters are putting out about Mac going twenty eight of thirty five. The Broncos gain nothing from that.
1: Yep, and but again, there's. There's a reason Bill Belichick wants that out there, because if he didn't want that out there, he'd say you're not allowed to do this. You know, so he either thinks Max gonna go off. Whatever. It's the same thing as what he said about play action a few well, years ago. Well,
0: if Bill wants it out there, shouldn't you do it Bill's way since he's the greatest coach in NFL history? Uh,
1: there's a case for it, but Sean Payton's a pretty good coach too. He is. He so, is. But so I mean, I mean it's
0: five rings, fewer. Uh,
1: yeah. Cause there's Brady, that.
0: Brady won six. In also, New
1: Drew Brees is not Tom Brady, but he's um, a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's yeah he is um but bill belichick it was like three years ago right when uh it was like kyle shanahan and sean McVay were just like kind of they were real hot at that point and they were running play action basically every play because you know manner zone you know how they move how they shift mm-hmm. it, it cha- makes the defense make a change right before the snap all that sort of stuff and somebody asked belichick like why wouldn't you just run play action before every play if it obviously is better, like you look at every stat, I think actually the ringer wrote an article about this too, which I want to go back and read. It's like, why wouldn't you do it every play? But uh Belichick just said, because you have to, it's not just about what they tell you when you do it. It's about what you're telling them. And I still have no idea what that means because <laughs> I'm not bill Belichick. <laughs> I was going to say crazy. you like, lost me every one of those little things. Like they're football coaches, good football coaches are on top of it. Bad football coaches which we've seen before. Maybe not so on top of it.
0: As Sean says, it's the details, right? He even mentioned the details today. Next one coming in from the count says, I thought my man crush on Aaron Gordon was purely aesthetic. Then he had the game four masterpiece, then a massive Magnum opus and the clinching victory. And then, if all that wasn't enough, he walked amongst the people like a drunken messiah and punctuated his omni omnipotence with a heartfelt ballad to all or ballad to all the haters. Every team needs a player with such verb. Who on the Broncos is the AG figure? Love the count.
1: Uh, that would be, uh, I mean, Tim Patrick's a good call. Yeah, yeah I think that that's a good one. It was
2: good. No, didn't I didn't. didn't
1: oh, the A-G? the fuck you thing? Yeah. Yeah, a good one. <laughs> he can sing. No. Yeah, he can sing. <laughs> Wait, when was that? That was a while ago. It came back around yeah. because. It came back around after yeah. the championship? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's an old one. Maybe there was a different piano playing one. But yeah, he just plays the piano and just says, fuck you a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Here, Muffs.
0: Uh, and <laughs> last one coming in from Air- Arvada, Luke says, fellas, the first Broncos championship in the DNVR era is going to be a phenomenon. Can't wait. I think the first Buffs national championship is going to be absolutely otherworldly. Do you think it is harder to win at all in the NFL or NCAA? All- along those lines... How do you think the difficulty in the playoffs lines up between a single NFL play NFL game and a best of seven series in other sports cheers vibes all around AL
1: depends on what school you're at exactly like, 100% if you're at Colorado much 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 tougher than winning a Super Bowl yep. and it's tough to win a Super Bowl if you know if uh Dabo Sweeney gets the boot because Clemson didn't ma- make it back to the college football playoff I mean, you jump right in there and you're one of like the eight teams that actually has a real chance of winning.
0: Completely agree. Yeah, if you're yep. one of those top eight teams, maybe even six or four teams, yep. um, then it's it's easier to win national championship if you're yep. Georgia, Alabama, because it's down to four, six or eight teams. In the NFL, exactly. there's 30 teams. If you're one of those non-eight teams, non-six teams, then it's much harder to win. basically impossible. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's almost impossible to make the college football yep. playoffs. Now, I like that that's going to change coming mm-hmm. up when that expands. But, I mean, we've pretty much known f- four – there's been, like, seven teams that can make the college football playoffs every single year. We know them going into the season. Mm-hmm. And in the NFL, every team has a chance. Um, but instead of saying it's, like, we know eight of – or six of mm-hmm. the seven playoff teams, it is much wide more wide open in NFL. In terms of one NFL playoff game versus series – Typically in a series, you are going to get the better team that comes out of it. But as the Broncos have seen mm-hmm. in some of their most recent playoff trips, not always the better team is going to come out in just a one-game playoff. The Baltimore Ravens came in here for the Bro- in 2012. If the Broncos play the Ravens 10 times, they probably beat them eight of those times. And mm-hmm. one of the times, uh, of course, the the reason the Ravens won, crazy fluke play where – Raheem Moore can't make the stop, goes over their head. Broncos win that in a seven-game series Uh, in 2014 against the Colts. The Broncos, Colts came in. Broncos really had their foot out the door, but still they were the better team. The Broncos should have won that game in a seven-game series. They win that in a one-game series. So it just these one-game NFL playoffs just leave a lot more room for chance and and things
1: to happen. Yeah. Last year's playoffs were pretty close to chalk. But the year before it was crazy. Like NFC Championship was the six seed versus the four seed. Cincinnati made the Super Bowl as a four seed. Yeah. Like there's NFL playoffs are awesome because anybody can win any game. That's why you just have to get in. Mm -hmm. Like I I guess no wild card team made I wonder who the last wild card team to make the Super Bowl was. Well you said a six a six seed championship, but they lost. Who was that? That was two uh, years ago. Mm, Okay. Um. Um
0: I mean, there is a good track record of wildcard teams making yeah. it deep into the playoffs. I don't know about exactly how far oh, to the Super Bowl.
1: 2020 Buccaneers. Oh, these are just champions. So 2020 Buccaneers, 10 Packers, 2007 Giants, 2005 Steelers. Um, I'm sure there's others who made it and lost. Right. Yeah.
0: Right, yeah, without a doubt. So um, much, un- I guess, depends on what side you're looking at. And that was back
1: when, back when back. there were only two wildcard teams, too. Mm, with now which being is different. Their third, yeah.
0: yeah, it opens the door even more. And that's why the Broncos... Henry, are their sights really set on winning the AFC West this year? No, that, that's unlofty. Ex- that, that's too high of expectations.
1: It's too high expectations for sure. you got to be setting your eyes on it, though.
0: Oh, sure. Just like yeah. that. I mean, the Broncos also have their eyes set on winning the Super Bowl this year. But, that, I mean, that's, that's not how they're thinking inside. That's not how fans are truly thinking. But, of course, you tell that to the players. But if they make the playoffs then that, that gives him a chance. We're, Sean
1: Payton's trying to win the AFC West.
0: I think Sean Payton has a very realistic view on this job right now.
1: Yeah. I think, a view is different than saying, like, we. that's the goal. Like, that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Yes, but what it, what is uh, what is what what is he... So, there's a difference. When he talks about goals and everything to his players and to us, that's different than how he feels internally. You think internally he's actually saying... uh. It, I can win the AFC West this year.
1: Oh, definitely. I, every coach is a narcissist. That's what every coach thinks. I think every, I think every head coach thinks we can go do this. Sean, that's
0: what Nathaniel Hackett thought last year.
1: That's definitely. why they had the
0: shirts of uh, win the West again, because that's think, what every coach thinks. And I think Sean Payton has taken a step back. I, I think, th- it, I think he's taken a step back in terms of where this team is right now. Um, and I it, think he
1: has publicly, and I think that he knows what he wants to say. He knows that he doesn't have to win the AFC West for people to be like, Oh yeah, good year. So mm-hmm. there's no reason to do that to himself. That's all just politics. I think deep down, he thinks he can do it. I don't think so. Really?
0: I, I, I think, he, I think he, he's given us so many hints of just like,
1: um, but again, a, a that's kind just of, manipulation. Kind of pumping
0: the brakes. No, I think, because I think that's all political. I think, I think he also views it that way. <sighs> and just, just look what, look what happened when he took over the saints in 2006. I think that's exactly what he's trying to do this year. Obviously if he gets more, that's great. He's not going to turn that down, but, what he did is he took a 3-10 and ten team and went 10-6 and six and went to the playoffs. That is the type of turnaround that he is realistically looking for this year. I don't think he's realistically deep down inside saying, we're going to win the AFC West again this year mm-hmm. or
1: win the Super Bowl this year. I uh, Coaches are just all narcissists. Every single one of them. The egos are massive. They all think that they can do it. Like I don't. Like the line between a
0: massive jump to go from five wins to ten wins. Definitely, that is the ego. Worst of first happens. There's a
1: worst of first team like once a year. The uh,
0: Chiefs' worst record with Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes is twelve and five. Yep. Sean Payton knows
1: that. And if the Broncos have beaten them those two games, they'd be uh, ten and ten and seven. The Broncos have the tiebreaker. Like that's what it takes. (laughs) Like.
0: What's the other mentality?
1: Exactly. Like there's no, Maybe that, D'Amico Ryans knows that he can't, but he's got to be the that's only being
0: one. being realistic. deep, And Sean's giving no, me those vibes.
1: There's nothing about... I don't know. I, I don't think that coaches ever... Realistic is a weird term. It reminds me of... I was talking to my girlfriend because she had to leave for a work trip for this whole week. Um, so she's gone. The Nuggets are going to win the championship while she's gone. She's going to miss the parade. Tears her apart. And she said, well, what should I do? And I said, well... If I were you, I would just stay like I would go to the game. I would go to the parade. And like, if I lost my job, you lose your job is what it is. You know, that is worth it. She's like, well, that's what you do. But what should I do? I was like, well, what do you want me to tell you? That's what I'm gonna tell you. And she's like, well, what's realistic? And I was like, well, I don't know what realistic is. If it's only realistic to like, I don't know what you think is realistic. Is it you just go to a parade? Is it just watch a game? Is it whatever? Like realistic is just like a nothing term. Like there is no like... If you're a
0: head coach. So I think I think here's a way to view it. I think the way to view it is when Sean met with the Walton Penner ownership group in his meetings, in his interviews, and they said, What's your path to turning this thing around? What's it look like? What are the steps that we're going to take? I think Sean tells them, five-win team last year. We're going to get to 10 wins this year. We're going to make the playoffs. Next year, we're going to be competing with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then w- once you get in the playoffs, your foot's in the door. But then that next year, we're going to take the jump of competing with the for the AFC West title. And once mm-hmm. you're doing that, because the Chiefs are there, because the Chargers are there, once you're specifically mm-hmm. the Chiefs, once you're th- at that point, then you're competing for Super Bowls. So I think that's how I view it okay. in terms of how the coach truly views it. I don't think Sean goes into that <sighs> meeting and says you hire me we're going to be competing for the AFC West this year or we're, we're going to win the AFC West this year and we're going to be competing for a Super Bowl this year and I think that's how it's realistic
1: but I think those are still two different things like I still think that you you know what a failure is you know what bar you have to meet to not be looked at and say this was a terrible year but that's different than going in there every day and thinking we can win the AFC West I'm Sean freaking Payton. I can win the AFC West. Like, deep down, I think he believes that he can do it. Like, and again, maybe to to somebody else, like, what are the chances of me going and doing it? It's like, oh, maybe there's only a 10% chance that I can go do it, but I can go do it. Again, he's not thinking what are the chances. He's thinking how do I do
0: it. I'm talking about. The, the realistic, the 50% exactly. opportunity to percent But again,
1: and that's where he isn't sitting there thinking, what is the percent chance I can do it? It's just, it is possible. I need to go do everything I can to go do it. You he, know, he's yeah, not thinking, we're, hm, we're, I just wonder- viewing,
0: we're viewing this from a different perspective. And I kind of laid out exactly. how I think he's viewing it. um And I think, I from, think, I
1: don't think a coach would ever view that that way, though. Be realistic behind closed doors, but
2: you got to preach. Pretty- <sighs> of changing things right exactly that, that's
0: what i'm talking about behind closed doors though it, but, it is the he tells greg penner here are my expectations so if i don't mm-hmm. live up to him you know exactly what i'm expecting what you should expect if you hire me he is yeah. not telling greg penner we are winning the afc west this year if you hire me we are winning the super bowl this year he's saying expect a five game increase we're gonna be competing for the playoffs this year or i mean i, I wouldn't even be shocked if he says Look, with Russell Wilson, I've, I'm keeping an arm's distance away from him. I'm going to d- try to turn him around. If I can't turn him around, then we're going to figure out the quarterback situation mm-hmm. in 2024, and then we're going to be competing after for the playoffs.
1: But again, what you say to Greg Penner is very different than what you think when you go to sleep at night. Like, you you know... Like, no, what, I'm talking about what just you tell Greg Penner. What you tell Greg Penner is it's a math question it's oh there were 5 wins last year we need to have a winning record this year like it's just this step this step this step but again that's not i, I when he goes to bed at night he's still thinking i can go win the afc west and i want to go win the afc west of course it's i want to and i can he do it wants too wants to go do that exactly of course of course he can do it
0: exactly. every coach can do it but again being realistic with himself. and that 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 that's but i don't you and think I are he different. does that you're talking about there's a chance I'm saying, I'm talking about the realistic chance. Um, but we're just on two different pages. Zuriel agrees though. with me. But again, though, stay tuned. DNBR underscore Broncos on Twitter because we're going to be having this conversation oh and I want to hear what you guys have to say. We're going to put it out in some sort of poll or something. But I'll, get, I'll, but, I'll let you okay, close. Cool.
1: The thing is, like, I don't think Sean Payton is sitting there thinking, hmm, what would be realistic this year? You know, that's just not the mindset that a coach would have. It's, hmm, what would be a realistic? St-? It's I need to go find a way to win as many games as I can and I'm going to go win the AFC West. Like, Just it is- because
0: he's being realistic with himself doesn't mean that he isn't going to try harder, try for number one. He's not going to push his players for number one. Um, but I think we saw a little example of it yesterday. Uh, one of the things that he said was last year and pre-snap penalties mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball, we were 28th and 29th. That will be better. Mm-hmm. That's, realistic he's saying it's going to be better he's not saying we're going to be number one and when he goes to bed at night i don't think he's thinking we're going to go from the fifth worst team in pre-snap penalties to number one this off season really? i think he's saying i can guarantee you we're going to be better
1: i i still think a coach is always going to think i can do it and i'm going like and that is if you can do it that's all that you're ever thinking about there's no like hmm, what is our path to nine ten wins and Alex, in the comment
0: section, he's not shooting for realistic. There's a difference between what you set your goal, your loft. What what is it? Shoot for the shoot for the mm-hmm. um, stars. Shoot for the moon so You can land on the stars. He's not telling his guys that the expectations are lower. Oh. He's telling them we and, are going to go win the West. Internally, he. I don't think Sean Sean's not doing that right now. You don't now. think so? What are the shirts? That, what are the shirts that they have right now? On something. Uh, uncommon,
1: uncommon, it's because it's
0: hard to win games in the NFL. Yep, he's taken such a day by day approach, whereas Nathaniel Definitely. Hackett did the complete opposite this yeah. time last year because they're every wearing coach shirts looks that, way. that say. No, last year Nathaniel Hackett made shirts that said, don't win make the, shirt. the West,
1: they don't all make the shirt. But that is every team, I'm sure. Sean that-
0: Payton is taking a day by day approach, oh. that's his mentality to these guys. Have you come out? Has he come out and said, We're shooting different. for the
1: Super Bowl this year? But has he's he- not, te- he's not honest with us, that's manipulative. He knows what we would roast him for. Uh, we, and so, uh, he how sets, many, how he many players have we
0: talked to this offseason? Not as many None. in the past. We haven't talked to any players this offseason? Oh,
1: I guess they've been, they've been like we've two a day. Yeah, they've been two a day. We've
0: talked to uh, 10 or 15. Maybe we should ask. We've talked to 10 or 15. Players let this stuff out.
1: Yeah, we, we should ask. What is the goal this year?
0: And uh, it's not going to be... I, I don't think they're going to say it's Super Bowl or bust.
1: I think I think they will say we got to win the AFC West. Um, We'll see. We'll we see. will see. Um, this we is going to be interesting
0: see. because uh, we got people coming on both sides. So check out DNVR underscore Broncos on Twitter for a poll. We're off tomorrow for the Broncos parade. Stay tuned though to underscore or dnvr underscore Broncos on Twitter because the Broncos do have one final practice of minicamp tomorrow which we'll be wrapping up on Friday's pot. Have a terrific parade day tomorrow for the Denver Nuggets. We'll see
2: you on Friday.
1: <laughs>